Yeah, yeah, we'll get back to the episode. Hey, Chris here again. We have another bonus episode for you this week. Don't say I never gave you anything. Um, Tyler underscore runs underscore lifts and I actually did a Instagram live last night um, and we were able to record that. So it's a little bit off on occasion. Um, I dumbass forgot to uh, continue to record about 30 minutes into it. So if the audio kind of fluctuates a little bit, just know that's the reason why that happened. But I think we had a really great conversation. I'm really excited for people to listen. We talk about being able to meet each other through Let's Run and running the exact same races this year, as well as trying to adapt with everything that's going on, even some training stuff as well. So I think this was a good episode. Um, and it's a really not too much off topic like we typically do on our regular episodes, but a little bit more, I guess, running specific. So uh, without further ado, enjoy the rest of the show. Is I just saw your Instagram, uh, your video. What was it? Uh, twelve days, twelve days of Joy Wave. Is that the, the beer that you're trying for twelve days? So it's a band that just was uh, that just released a new album, and I'm a huge fan of them. So I've been doing a chug for every day of their of their album, or like the song in the album. So that's what I've been doing. Oh, that's pretty epic. Yeah, I just <laughs> see you like chugging the beer. I'm like, man. Usually, I think you would, someone with the name Beers and Miles would actually try to enjoy them. You are just smashing a beer. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> There's a couple people on here that are like pretty big beer chuggers that have been have run pretty well too. So it's interesting to see that, or pretty big beer drinkers that have run pretty well too. Have you ever done a, a, a beer mile or a chug and run? Done that? Awful. Completely awful at it. Uh, I don't think I've even broken 10 minutes. This small frame can't handle that much beer at one time. Oh, it's, uh, back in college, we had, uh, the chug and run six beers, five miles. And then we also had a beer mile. And the, the last time I ever did that in college, I decided the greatest idea ever would to be do to do the, uh, chug and run beer mile double. And that was just, a. A nightmare of an uh, experience, I would say, but I got it done. I mean, I got pretty good times both ways, but Ugh. at the same point, you know, it's uh, that was a lot back-to-back, and, you know, that's the thing with the, those drinking challenges. Like, you just get so, it's just so much beer in such a short amount of time, and it just catches up to you as soon as you finish. Oh, yeah. We had a couple of events for our conference where we did, uh, it was Beer Mile, of course, then we did uh, what we call the 540 Club. So for our team, I had them drink, start drinking at 40 about 30 minutes before uh, we went off at midnight. You drink your 40, and you try to run a mile under five minutes. And you have to take that 40 across the line. So I have to, if you puke before that 40 is done, or before that mile is done, you're disqualified. So the, I think the... That's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, like the, that, uh, take on it. the best, uh, best time on there was a 4.30. Somebody drank a 40, then run a 4.30 mile. It was insane. 4.30? Yeah. There's also uh, a big ultra marathon runner, uh, Chris Brown, ran a 9.52 Jack Daniels two-mile. Oh, see, I've heard of, like, the, the vodka, you know, the, like, the vodka two-mile yeah. or whatever it is, you know, the hard liquor, and I just could not imagine, I could not imagine that, like, beer is enough, but then all of a sudden, if you want to add, like, if you want to add vodka... You know, you're not adding it to it because I'll be dumb. And I've also heard like the Chunder Mile when you do uh, for people who don't like to drink, it's you know the orange juice and milk. Uh, <laughs> and that just sounds uh, miserable. No too. way, no way. 
Well, anyways, oh we've... Oh, my God. So, uh, so we have talked a lot on Let's Run before we even followed each other on Instagram. So, like, how did that yeah, go about no. happening? Like, so when, since, when were you posting? Well, I guess, how long have you been posting on Let's Run and how long did you start joining a 2.30 uh, Let's Run thread? Um, I mean, I haven't been posting on Let's Run for that long. I, I do a lot of uh, browsing on it just, uh, just to stay up in the world. And it's kind of difficult these days with the, the coronavirus stuff because it just mm-hmm. dominates there. And I could work myself into a frenzy getting all fear mongered through there. Um, but, you know, that, that, that 2.30 marathon uh, thread, I joined, I guess, leading up to Boston. I was kind of a lurker. Uh, Boston last year mm-hmm. I was just a lurker and I never really um, I never posted I just followed it I posted like once or twice I didn't post my workouts because I was like I don't want to je- jeopardize this and lo and behold I ran 241.51 there and I blew up so it's like you know I kind of got shied away from it but then I started this one just a hell of it and um, you know people I love it it's such a great community in that little area just like that road racing and training thread um, that just, it inspires a lot of people to go and do better, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with Let's Run, it is the 410 of the running world, but there is a lot of great things out of that. Um, like the 230 thread, because I joined the 230 thread right before Boston as well. So Boston was my second marathon. I think that was your third, right? So we're both relatively new to this marathoning. Thing. Let's see. Yeah, that was my third in 10 months. So... <laughs> I got I got into it. Uh, my first was Grandma's in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Mia, who I ran it with. Uh, we decided to go from New Orleans up there for our, uh, it was my first. It was her second, I believe. Um, and then I did the Rocket City Marathon in Huntsville, Alabama, another scenic location. Mm-hmm. And then I did the Boston for my, my uh, third. What was your first? First was Erie. So okay. I signed up, uh, actually went out, like I went out one night and my friends had been telling me to sign up for a marathon. It was like 70 bucks and it was a flat course and woke up the next day with a little bit of a hangover and said, I just signed up for my first marathon. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you, is that, that feeling of signing up for the first marathon is, it's, it's crazy. Like signing up for a marathon period is ridiculous, but signing up for your first, like I can remember that night when I signed up, because I had been talking to Mia, you know, we were hanging out, and she was just like, I'm going to run a marathon. I was like, you know what? I'll do one with you. And, yeah. I just, and when I say something, I do it. So I was like, ah, oh, crap. Now I got to actually go do it. So I went on the website, signed up. I'm like, what did I just do? Because once you see that email come in that says, congratulations, you're signed up for the Grandma's Marathon. Oh. like, oh, boy. <laughs> it's a good thing I checked that email, because later – Fast forward, I thought it was the Sunday, not Saturday, so I booked my plane ticket to leave one of the days, and I was like, oh, I need to change that. It's, it's so strange, because like, I've never run a half. Like, the longest distance I ever ran was a 10K cross-country race in grad school. Wait, what a second. So, before, you never ran something above a half where you ran your full? I, like, raced. Like, I've I've trained and everything for college. Like, yeah, college and not, like Yeah, but I've never raced. I've still never raced a half. I've never raced anything above 10K. I see. Well, since you never raced, I mean, so you've done like probably like 13 mile long run cut mm-hmm. downs, kind of things like that. 
Um, so you know what the idea is like of a half, I guess. Um, if you had to say, what is the ideal race distance to you? Um, I think, honestly, at this point, it's marathon. Because uh, it's either marathon or steeple. Like, steeplechase was, like, the thing that I really caught on pretty quickly, too. 5Ks, really fast. 3Ks, even faster. 10Ks, a little too much. Cross-country 8Ks, I loved. So it'd be 8K, 3K steeple, or a marathon. I've no, I don't know how it feels to run. I mean, it's a completely different ballpark, like ball game when you're playing like with the half marathon because it is such a sustained yeah. effort. You're basically on red line for a lot of that. Well, that's yeah, how I that, feel. That's, like. I, I love, I would say I love the, mar- the half marathon so much. I mean, I love the marathon because I think it's something that I've really grown accustomed to. I, I, I enjoy running over those long distances. Like, I like to grind workouts out. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, the half marathon distance, the race is just fun to me like i like that red line feeling i think if you go down to like the the 10k that's a little bit too aggressive in my opinion like i love those I, that's why i ran in college i also did the steeplechase um but like the half marathon just allows you there's a little bit of leeway in a 10k you don't have any leeway whatsoever to make a mistake um Anything below a 10K to like a 5K, if you fall off pace, you're pretty much done. Yeah. The same thing with a 3K, same thing with like a two mile. Um, but in a half marathon, you can get back up. And um, But in the, in the full marathon, oh yeah, you can have a bad mile. We have 20, you know, 25.2 left yeah. that you can make up for. Um, so you don't need to kick yourself over it. Like I'd say at Boston last year, I got to 22 and I was on pace to run 231 through 32. And I came, I got cocky. It's my second marathon ever, and I got to uh, 22. I got a 20. I skipped goo, and I was like, okay. "Fuck it, we're just gonna go run the last six miles and like try to try to go 530s and just knock it out." And you're, like, you're, you're like uh, Bill O'Reilly, and that fuck it, we'll do it alive. Exactly. <laughs> well, at 22, I uh, I was like, "I oh, just crest the hills. We're fine." And, like I'm used to running hills back when I was in California, and just I went through and. Uh, yeah, I came to, I completely stopped. Like I thought I was going to pass out. And then I just kept on drinking water at the end of the aid station, took a goo and then got back on and started running five fifties and five forties again. So it's like, it's interesting. Like the, you can come back from it, but like with a five K it's now I feel like I fall off of a lap. Like there's not really anywhere you can go back from there. It's like, you go from four forties to like five ten, and you're just like, Whoa, no, this is not going to be good. Exactly. Um, and uh, hey, Elizabeth, how are you? Um, but yeah, so like last year, Boston, you bring that up, and you know, I had to go to the, <laughs> I had to use the restroom a half mile into the race last year. So you were the one, the ones that pulled off yeah. to the sides, like everybody. Yes, did. yes. I, I was, you know, everyone was going. I was going by, and then I was like, I got to pee. So that was literally it. Yeah. And I tried to pee myself. I'm just gonna be honest. And I just went like, zoom, and yeah. I and like I ripped open the door, nearly knocked over a kid in the process. And I was just sitting there looking at my watch, just like, what the hell, Tyler? Come on. Like, you could have done this before. You could have done this before. What are you doing? You're wasting your big opportunity. You had a goal. What's happening? I got out, and I just busted. I think I did my my, my second mile of trying to catch up to people. I did like a – I don't know I split. I, it felt like I was running like 410 picks. <laughs> I was trying to – I was running to try to look who I was running with and yeah. try to remember – what people were wearing like i was like okay is this 
I was just sprinting past people like, is this the guy I was running next to? And I was like, no, 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 no. He had, someone else had this. Yeah. And, like I ran past a teammate at one point. He's like, Jesus, Tyler, slow down. I'm like, I'm trying to catch up. Um, and then like during that time, I actually ran past uh, Patrick Cutter. I run 26.2. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, how you doing? See you later. It got to win. And then, um, yeah, but eventually I caught up to people. But I used so much energy. And like over the, those next four miles, I think I was trying to catch up and get back on pace that – by the time I hit the Newton Hills, I had nothing left. And you can't train. Yeah. Down in New Orleans, we don't have hills. Um, so I got to those, and it broke me. And, and I walked for about um, 800 meters, I think, around, like, at two different points. One at, like, mile 21, and then right in front of the go sign. Yeah. Um, and, but, yeah, so I think, but the greatest thing about marathon distance, and I think you can say this, too, is that it humbles you. That you can't go in cocky because a lot can change. Like we said, you have a lot of room to make up 25.2 miles after you have a bad one. But at the same time, you can't be cocky. It will humble you. I'd say I, I needed that. I needed Boston to humble me because Erie, I ran a four-minute negative split to run 241. So I went out like 620s oh, and then ran like 550s and just finished right cool. Just, like, it just felt pretty solid and... I was like, okay, I just did it to show everybody in our pub run crew that, yeah, I can just go out and run a marathon up off our Boston first time, whatever. Yeah. So I actually wasn't going to run Boston. Uh, I was just going to be like, I'm done with this. I've, I've already proven that I can do this. I've done what I need. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, it was, I mean, with Erie, it's like you have the next day. You sign up the next day. So I kept hearing a lot of people talk about how big of a deal Boston was, and I'm like, all right, I'll sign up. And then Instagram really helped that out. Just really realized like, okay, this is a big deal. I ran club cross later that season. I ran like, I think I ran like 3220 at club cross country. And then I was like, okay, well, been hurt. I think I can get back to where I was in college and uh, kind of sick of me mediocre at this crap. So let's try to see where we can go. And I got up to, I got, got to Boston and I, I mean, I had no, I've been coaching myself for the last probably a couple of years, even a little bit of grad school. So my goal was like, Hey, let's get to up to hundred miles a week. And then I did no workouts, just got tried to get to hundred about three days before I got to hundred. Uh, my Achilles had a sharp pain in it. I was trying to do 10 times. It was like either 12 or 10 or 10, 10 or 12 times one uh, K on the track with uh, my vapor flies. And I was just cruising at like three twenties. I was like, cool, easy, easy. easy. Vapor flies on the track. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing there. And uh, I felt a sharp pain on my Achilles and I was like, I couldn't walk. And I had been running like for a, probably a couple weeks coming into Boston. So I was like, all right, we'll see what happens. And, um, I felt good at Boston. And I remember going to like eight miles in, and I see some friends from college, like from California. Uh, they run for the That's Fine Track Club. Uh, I think they were on runner. Uh, I think they were on Runner's World for finishing a marathon together uh, up in San Francisco. Wait. Oh my! I, they they were on my Instagram posts. They were. Um, They're all a group of four, right? Four or five guys just running together. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, and I think their 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 goal was whatever goes sub two thirty or something and. I passed like by. They I, were, go ahead. 
they were in a post of mine. They they are in an old post of mine because yeah. I posted and it got really good traction. He's like, I love kind of doing this. Like you have a moment in time, you see yourself, you see a person here, and you see a person here. Yeah. And you have their numbers, so you can look and see what they did. And it, you know, the guy behind me, he faded a little bit. I faded, but the guy in front of me from that spine track club, yeah. I think it was, I mean, he blasted that second half after that photo. So funny enough, I had been I caught up to them, and Paul Bomber is one of the guys in there. And I had run against him in college. So I'm like, Paul, what the heck? I haven't seen you since college. And he's like, yeah, we're doing this for basically like a fun training run. We're going to try to run 234. Uh, and I'm like, cool. Well, I'm trying to break 230. So I just took off. They had this water bottle with a giant spigot on it. They were just passing around their whole crew. And then they ended up just saying, you know what? We feel good. And they make it a split it at Boston. And I'm like. Yeah, those were. That's exactly the way I remember yeah. I saw them with that water bottle passing it around. Um, this is insane. You know, and, what's that? I was like, this is insane. This is like, you're just having a fun run. And I'm trying to run a PR and you guys are just like looking oh, like no. it's like, okay. No, for sure. And I was like, I wish I went with them. I wish I paced with them. And yeah. you know, it seems so awesome to have that kind of experience. But you're so right about um, how the Instagram community has kind of been such a blessing um, to, to understand how important, like, self-betterment improvement and to, to if you when you qualify for boston how it is a big deal like it's the it's the amateur like olympics almost yeah like people live to i see people living the bq dream trying to be q and everything like that and at, at times i took it because you know i ran the 5k 10k i ran a, a decent half coming out of college i took eight years off but i knew i could get back to fitness so getting a bq wasn't like my end-all be-all but i respect people so much who fight for that BQ over years. And that what what makes Boston being canceled this year so difficult. Yeah. Not only just for, for us trying to train, you know, to go sub two thirty and hitting our training like crazy, but for the people who would have their first Boston, they were training so hard to race in April, but then they, they need to go to September and, and change their mindset now to, to deload and then reload again. Yeah. I would say it's it's pretty humbling or I guess it puts it in check too, because like I think when you run in college, you're in a bubble. Um, I don't think you're connected to the rest of the running community. Um, so like anybody that's trying to call for Boston, that's like it's not the same. It's so I, I think there is an elitist kind of attitude towards like when when you're running in college and all that stuff. So like going into yeah. marathoning, it really allowed me to get into the community and enjoy running again as opposed to like having this end goal be like, I have to make the national meet or like, I have to have a, like, I have to go after a goal here. Um, it's really, it's really nice to step back and enjoy running for what it is and enjoy other people's accomplishments and see, Hey, you're going after We're all out there. And, um, whether it's your first time out, whether you're an elite runner or it's your first time out and trying to chase a dream, it's, it's cool. Uh, it is really yeah. cool to see it. And that's the thing about the, the community is that just you, you, you can live vicariously through other people's accomplishments. Like, and you can, and people from hundreds of thousands of countries away, miles and countries away, that you draw inspiration from them. You see them busting their ass and you want to bust their ass. Like, I see your training and I'm like, oh shit. You know, Chris is knocking these runs out like, we have the same goal. I got to pick it up or I'll see, uh, 
Bella over there in Belgium right now, and formerly Argentina. I met yeah. him at Boston last year, and I see him busting his butt. And I see, you know, I run 26.2, Patrick doing yeah. his thing. But even not just the fast people, just anybody getting better out there. It, it, it pushes me to want to, to, you know, just step up my game to hold, hold out my little square wall over here. Yeah, and, and speaking of people that you meet through it, it's uh, – I actually – I had a cool story from last year – um, I met a guy through, um, through Instagram, actually, uh, he's from Mexico city. So I speak Spanish, I'm Hispanic and I'm originally from California. Like my parents, my mom's Mexican and my dad's Venezuelan. Uh, so we start chatting a little bit and, uh, he's partially blind. So he went to run Boston this past year and, uh, he asked like, how are you going to get to get your bib? And I'm like, I'm doing this and that. Uh, my parents are coming out, whatever, or my mom and my brother is coming out, whatever. And uh, he told me where we're staying. Crazy enough, same hotel I was staying. Uh, so I drove him, drove him through. Uh, he hung out with us the entire weekend. Uh, we had dinner uh, all together, and just uh, he was in the one of the first corrals, so it was perfect. Uh, so I got to meet a really cool friend uh, with a really great story too, and. He got a chance to run Boston for the first time and did it for his brother. And it was like the people you meet through this community is incredible. Um, and if I ever get a chance to see him again, if I ever make a chance to go to Mexico City, uh, damn sure I'm going to go go visit. And I, I think the, the biggest thing is also, and you, and you mentioned that, um, with how, how amazing this community is, how you can meet people, but also the lore of Boston to have that, um, like the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to miss that I was really looking forward to at Boston was the camaraderie of it. Mm-hmm. Just being up there, riding on the buses together, being in the crowd together, just waiting, waiting, talking to each other, to each other about training, trying to ward off that nervous energy. Um, and then after the race, you're walking around, pretty much everybody has a medal on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's excited and happy and buying beers for each other. And, you know, I got to meet so many cool people last year, like, you know, 26-point twins. They're awesome, Kali and Karen. Um, and it just was a, you know, that's the one thing I'm going to miss. And and, and kind of like you, um, I was running, and then um, some guy next to me was like, Tyler. And I, like, I, that, it hasn't happened that often to me in a race before, but, you know, someone was running next to me and said, Tyler, you know, good rate running. I follow you on Instagram. And his Watto XT17 is his hand. Yeah. And it was so cool. I ran with him for about like two miles. And then, you know, I, I was beginning to struggle. He just off on me. And, you know, rocked on. He, he ran a great race. Um, but it was just like, it's one of those crazy things that you never know how small this world is until you make it small enough. Yeah. And even people in the crowd, uh, I think I saw my buddy Sebi and my buddy. Uh, Corey from my conference back in California. I somehow oh, wow. heard him out of thousands of people on the sideline. I just heard, hey, good, go Chris. And I remember voices. So I'm like, I look over, I'm like, what the heck? Corey that ran for ran in California lives in Albuquerque. He still is in Boston right now. Uh, there's, a, I think, Waldo from Whittier. Actually, I got to see him. I ran in with them in college. I'm not sure if it's the same one that, that, that follows you. But it was another Waldo that I know that ran about two thirties as well. But that's uh, insane. The, I mean, the running world's so small, um, and even like going out to 
the trials a couple of weeks ago, um, it was cool to see like people that that you see on Instagram or you just I don't know. It's th- this running world's really tiny. How was that experience? I saw you post a lot on Instagram about going out to um, going out to Atlanta. It seems like it was just a really good time for you. Yeah, I went out with uh, Nicole the runner, um, and I, I was able to. Go, I actually drove down from Columbus, did a road trip right after That's work. Right. Yeah. So I went down and it was for my coach. My coach ran the trials. So I had about like eight or nine people that ran the trials, whether I knew them from college or whether I knew them from like uh, just local area. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I got to see a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a while. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it It's inspiring. It's, and it was seeing, seeing them, it was like pretty humbling to see what was going on. Um, yeah, I had, my coach sent me a message saying, like, um, we'll see you in a couple of years. Um, so, well, that's the goal now. So the goal is the 2024 trials. And um, so, obviously, you know, the goal was now, are you are you going to do um, Boston in September, do you think? Are, you, are we going to try to – I was thinking about trying to keep it into a training run or something mm-hmm. like that, but – you know, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, with our next venture that we've been running the same marathons this year. Yeah. It's kind of funny to, uh, to have that experience. Yeah. It, I got a message from, from Zach today saying, or Zach, my coach, saying uh, a workout for this weekend. And I was like, we'll get set you up right for Boston. And I'm like, I know I was talking to you a little bit about getting into the American Development Program, but I don't think I told him that I got into the American Development Program. So... I told him today, I was like, Hey, I'm in, I'm in at Chicago. Um, that one's not refundable. Boston could potentially be. So yeah, they, they haven't announced it yet to know what we're going to do with that. Yeah. We can't make it. Cause I'm already qualified for, for the next year based on, uh, Columbus. And I still have the two thirty from that. So, um, actually, again, I got a, got a question there. No, this is Mead. This is from pure project out of San Diego. It's actually one of the best things I've had this year. It's a uh, meat-inspired ale aged in oak barrels with honey and raspberries. But uh, okay, yeah, is that? Uh, hey, Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy. Is that? Uh, is that Jeremy approved mead from? Uh, that's this dude. He's in my uh, track club, Power Mile. He's all about the uh, the the craft beers and the meads. I want to know if this is uh, Jeremy approved mead that he's drinking right now. It's up there with Shrams. If he, if he's really about meat, he'll know about Shrams. It's the best meatery in the world. Uh, there he is, all out. He <laughs> it's it's right up there. Uh, so they took they were actually a collaboration with Superstition Meatery out of Prescott, Arizona, and they basically said, "Hey, we want to make a beer mead inspired thing that is very much your Barry White series." And they said, "Yeah, let's do it." So it tastes like Barry White, except it's a little bit more like. A little bit smooth, a little bit more smoother. All right, so I'm, I'm going to flip this trip real quick, and we get back to uh, you know training in a second. Out of all your travels around, what what is your like top brewery that you you would love to go back to or need to buy a beer of whenever you go out? Uh, of all your beers and miles travels, it'd probably be Hill Farmstead. It's actually the taster that I have right now. Um, that whole so like last year before Boston, I actually I rented a car. And on Friday before Boston, I drove up to uh, Hill Farmstead, which is in the middle of nowhere in Vermont. 
three hours there and then drove out to Portland, Maine to go visit a bunch of breweries. Uh, Hill Farmstead is known for a lot of their saisons. On the south side is known for a lot of their their, their Damon series. Um, there's, it's I think overall across the board the best brewery. Just for like every styles hit hard. Every styles like they they understand subtlety. They understand that it's it's just perfect beer. Um, and then I, w- I mean it's 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 just a really incredible place. And everything's actually cheap. Uh, comparatively. So it's like a sour. If you get a sour there, it's going to be uh, like $10 for a seven fifty, which for a sour is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. And hey, remember, so... Um, sorry, go ahead. So after that, I actually went to Portland, Maine. And if we're talking about best beer cities, I mean, San Diego is incredible, but Portland, Maine is a really, really cool place to visit. I got to visit Allagash, Bissell Brothers, uh, Navarro Riss. Drink a little too much, a little too close to Boston. <laughs> I went out pretty hard. I met so I met a couple when I was getting lobster, and they took me out around town, and it was a pretty rough night. I didn't think I, I thought I ruined the entire weekend for myself. I thought I ruined Boston for myself just going out that night. But um, no, I would say uh, Hill Farm State is a place I would want to visit again, and actually I had planned on visiting again uh, for this trip. Or St. Louis, you got Side Project. That's an incredible brewery. Sours are really acidic, uh, but also they know how to be able to add subtlety to some of their sours as well. Their stouts are really thick, uh, really flavorful, and some of the most expensive uh, stouts you can find on the market. Secondary market, some of them are like $5,000 for their best beer. Just wow. Great. Yeah. But um, probably the big, big two for you guys. Uh, you have Parrish out in... Uh, out of New Orleans, right? Yeah, it's, it's right around the area. Um, it's I don't, I don't know exactly how far it is away. I have not been there actually. Um, but the the beer farm, the, the beer farm, the beer uh, the beer scene in New Orleans is growing. Actually, um, we have a couple of really cool ones. We we uh, the Tower Miler, that's my track club. We partner with uh, Second Line Brewery. Um, we hold a lot of meetings there and uh, just have. A little discount there, you know. Shout out to Second Line, um, but I, I used to live in Athens, Georgia, and that was amazing. You know, Creature Comforts, Terrapin Brewing Company. Um, okay. The the Hops Executioner is my favorite beer of all time. Um, and then you know, being from Delaware, Dogfish Head, you know that kind of stuff. But I used to live in Maine as well, so Allagash, Allagash White, and all those kind of things, and. But, um, you know, the- we have those actually, uh, for creature comforts, uh, my, yes, I, I went to see bought at, uh, what was that, that place, uh, it was in, it was in Atlanta. I wanted at Emory. I want to see bought Emory. Didn't cool down. I found out that if you have a Nike track bag, you could fit, I think a 12 pack of creature comforts in that, that little Nike spike bag. Wait, like a Nike spike bag? Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's impressive. I know that like they're very pretty big bags. Yeah. Like a Ricky think you can fit like a giant, uh, 12 pack in there. I went to right after my buddy picked me up and we went to, uh, the grocery store right by Emory and we put, I, I found Tropicalia, put, uh, two six packs in there. 
and then hit it in my backpack and took it back to Ohio. I love it. Um, and it's like, where are your spikes at? They're in the back. Doesn't matter. I got them right here in my hand. <laughs> Delaware, I've actually been to Firefly Music Festival the last two years. Uh, up in, uh, where is that in? Dover. Um, Dover, yeah. So I would drive out to Dover and go and uh, go to the Dogfish Head tent there. Apparently, Sam uh, has a habit of like, going to the music festival and getting really, really drunk. So. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Man, so uh, so I gotta ask you, and now we're jumping back into training a little bit, not really, but how serious were you about wanting to sign up for that Mad City 50k? Because I, I was honestly serious. If you did it, I would have clicked register, do it, and I just saw the cancel the other day. But I was ready to it. I was waiting. I was waiting up until probably middle of the month until uh, until the sign up. I saw the last day that you could sign up and I was going to sign up because I figured everything was already canceled. I didn't want to put my money somewhere that I was going to wait on a refund on, but I actually was more excited about that than possible. Yeah. No, uh, for anyone that just, that joined, it doesn't know the story. No one knows the story. Um, you know, Chris and I were talking back and forth a little bit about, oh man, what happens if Boston gets canceled or gets postponed? And then you brought up the fact of a, I think I saw so, you post on let's run.com about it, you know, in the Mad City 50K in the Mad so How that came about. Uh, so, Zach, my coach, is so he's run 217. Uh, he ran 217 at Sim, but he did that after running. Oof, he's a big trail. So, he did that after running a big trail race. He's made a couple world teams in that. He's the 50K. Uh, He's a 50-year-old road champ last year. Uh, so he's, I mean, he ran for Michigan. He's legit. Uh, he's made a bunch of world teams for the U.S. So he told me, he's like, I know the guys I've run it. They ran the trials. They were qualified for next year. Just thought open. You have stuff three, and uh, if you can win it, you might have a shot at making the team. Yeah, see, the thing is that I've always heard and always learned is that if like marathon training is pretty much like 50k training it's only a it's only about like five miles more or so so if you can get through a marathon i mean the wall is gonna hit you different at yeah. 26 than 20 but at the same time like if you if you do your nutrition correctly if you pace it correctly there's no reason why your marathon training can't put you through to a, a 50k i mean if you go yeah. to a 100 miler that's or 100k that's a completely different ball game but a uh, 50k is manageable so yeah, he wanted to go uh, 545s through, uh, through 20, and then 540s for the rest of it, and then just try to go as far as we can down after that. Because I've been running uh, 535s for a lot of my running repeats with my part for my a lot of my uh, sustained efforts with a bum Achilles. So he's like, all right, I think you can do it. I haven't been running in Vaporflies. I haven't been doing anything. I've just been doing it in trainers. So he's like, Let's make sure you're healthy and then try to make a team from there. But even then, it's like, what? I was going to say, I think the best thing about um, that Mad City 50K was that it was on a 10K loop. That, you know, like you were saying, how it's easy to kind of station it and you don't need to really kind of gel like crazy. It's not going to be that difficult to do it. But just having that ability to, to do that kind of thing, if you know, if you do it, just to go around five times and you can easily kind of segment it in your mind 
All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then let's get the last one. All right, let's roll. And let's start going. So I guess on that topic, too, because uh, I don't know if the guy I'm coaching uh, right now is listening still. Um, so I, I think we all have that segment of a race. So whether it be a marathon, a 5K, BK, anything like that, where it's hurting, it's feeling horrible. Um, with a, I think with a half marathon, you probably have a longer time where you're in that uncomfortable spot. Uh, because even then, like, four miles at, like, 542 is at the end of a marathon. Yeah, it's hard, but it's not. I felt more pain from 10K, from that little short spurt of a 10K, or even from the steeple where you're, everything looks like it's, like, freaking three feet higher than it actually is. Yeah. If you might have get hurt. Um, what do you tell yourself, like for you personally, what do you tell yourself or how do you segment it out for yourself when you're getting to the last, I guess, quarter or even the fifth of the race? I mean, it's kind of funny because I saved, I don't know why I saved this, but it's kind of nice. Um, this is from my um, my half marathon. That this is a mantra. Come on, Tyler. Um, it's honestly what I tell myself. It's it's not um, based off of my training. It's not based off of you know hitting hard repeats at the end of a workout. Even that's what we do sometimes. It's honestly just telling myself, "Come on, Tyler. Come on. Let's go." It's just, "Let's go, Tyler. Come on." Just you know, and, and this you talk about the half marathon, and there there were two times when I ran my um, my most recent PR, one nine thirty two at the Rock and Roll New Orleans here in February that. I dipped into that pain cave like crazy. I mean, it was at mile like six and mile 10. And just that, that mantra, I looked down, I saw this on my wrist and I was just like, come on. I put it near my watch so I could always see it. I just said, come on, Tyler, let's roll. Let's go. And that pushed me out of the one at six. And once I passed 10, there's a cheering section from my local November project. You know, I love those people. Um, but I still needed something, and I looked at my pace, saw slipping just a little bit, and I saw, come on, Tyler, and I started going. Like, I think we all have our little things that allows us, you know, my mantra, what is it for you? Uh, last year, it was uh, even through training and everything like that, it was um, sick of being mediocre. And then this year, it's, uh, it, it is really like he's, he's too injury prone. Uh, I had somebody in the local area, but so I'm coaching a couple of people in this area that that are that are new running, new to running, and everything like that. Uh, and so I had somebody say like, "You shouldn't listen," and he's too injured from, basically. And so like, and and it's fair. I've, I've been injured for almost all of my career. I don't think I've had a six month a year uh, year running without being injured. So uh, that is what's basically kept me going. Um, rehab, everything like that. Like, I want to see what can I can be with a. My my undergrad coach always said, like, I want to see what you can do with two years of like uninterrupted running. I think you could do an amazing things, so, and I'm like, that's been the big thing for me now. Um, outside of that, from like workouts and stuff, I segment a lot. Uh, in my head, I'm like, either for longer runs, at a twenty miler that I did this last weekend. I got down to five miles and I was like, 
we're down we're down to about 31 minutes left mm-hmm. you've already committed that's a big thing too it's like i already tell myself i've committed this far in at columbus yeah. we did a um so we we did a negative split at columbus because i got hurt in august so i lost all of august came back in september for a marathon in the middle of october and um zach's like hey we're just gonna run we're gonna race through columbus we're gonna do we're gonna try to just do well your bat in your backyard and then we're gonna look for boston we're gonna look for top 50. and uh, the entire time i was like i've committed here we're here we've already gotten to this point i got to 17. my my experience at columbus was rough because we have elite we had our elite water bottles um I missed my my elite water bottle at twelve. Oh no! <laughs> and in eighteen, somebody took it. I threw my goo out. My goo fell in my back pocket. I had no nutrition up until twenty-two. So I was just trying to drink as much water as I could during that. I'm in a new place. I'm running faster than I've ever run, um, and I started falling off with a hill uh, around campus and. Uh, I just was like, no, we've committed. And I've already talked about what I want to do. And I guess social media does help in that sense where it's like you talk about, I'm here. You talk about what what your goal is so much. Everybody knows what it is about. And like, I'm like, I'm not going to come back home and say, and have people say, hey, like you you did all this talking in the rap. I'm like, yeah. So no, that was the one thing is like, as it went on like 20, 20 or like even at 20, I was like, all right, we're here. We, that, you, you can't, you really can't freak out too much about it. You're just losing more energy doing that. So yeah. you can't change anything. What's happened. Try to try to adapt. And I mean, I closed in a five twenty five for the last Oof. mile. Jeez. Okay. And then like 400, it was like five Oh five pace. And I'm like, it's it's segmenting out. That's probably been the key. Even today, we had uh, three three uh, five by three minutes, um, and I was supposed to go. Uh, I, I was telling myself I was going to go five to five fifteens, and it being four forty eight to four fifty five. Okay, let's go. <laughs> it looks like two fifty nine was one of my and three flat was one of my. Uh, um, was one of my one of my repeats. So it's like it's always like I go into it and say, "All right, we got." So we we go through and it's four hundred. It's like okay, I got six hundred to go. I got four hundred to go. All right, we got thirty seconds. We've already gotten this far in. We can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's like you have to, you can either drop right now, and I'm not going to drop. Or you just finish. You hold it on for a little bit longer. That's it. I think you bring up segmenting, and that's the thing that I, I, I think about that too. You know, like I said, my mantra first off, but there are times when I'm just like, I can do any. Like if I have two miles to go in a race, or I have three miles to go, I'm like, I can do any. I can do anything for 15 minutes. I can do anything for 10 minutes. I just need to get through it. I just need to grind, and that's what kind of helps me. Not only it helps me in, in workouts, you know. Sometimes I'll count up one, two, if I have eight, I'll go one, two, three, four, 
three, you know, count down, count down. Um, but segmenting is so powerful to, to just be like, to know that this is just a mile repeat. This is just two miles. This is just a 5k. I've run a 5k hundred times before. Um, and even like in a 20 mile training run, um, you know, you'll get, like you said, you segment it out. You can do in, you know, five, five mile segments. You can do it in, um, minutes, you know, it might take you a certain amount of time. Um, you can have landmarks on your run. I think, I think the toughest thing is to have the best thing to do is to do a training run in an area in which you don't know anything. So you can't rely on those landmarks. Yeah. So you can't, um, like some of my best training runs have come in locations where I don't know anything that I can't be like, Oh, I'm all, I'm all, like six miles from home. Nope. I, I'm out. I'm like, all right, I need to look at my watch. I'm like, all right, so this is where I am right now. Let's start working or whatever might happen. I'm, I think like I saw one year, I saw your run in uh, Atlanta that you just killed it. You know, that's why I think like you don't have an example of that. That might have been true for you there. Yeah. It's, I'd say it's with, with that stuff. It's like, you don't, I, I didn't know where I was going for a lot of that stuff. But I mean, I had my workout from last weekend and it was stupid. Like I had, I knew my routes, so I knew exactly how far I had along and it made it so much harder. Or it's like yeah. here it's, I mean, it's, segmenting is is really I, I think that's key i think that's key for when you get to that that level where you're just trying to where it's not just finishing anymore like you have to be you can't block things out and i hear it a lot it's like i want to block everything out and i want to have it's like that doesn't happen i am i am completely focused on every single thing about my body in every race that i do at this point like whether yeah. it's a, I mean, it's once you know your body as an athlete, you know what you can get out of it. You can know how you want to attack it and what you want to do with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I guess you know. You, I saw you post this on your uh, in your little preview of what we're going to talk about today. But I guess to kind of segue into this, we don't want to take too much more time. You can go until eight or so. Talk about an hour. I'll be sure. Good. Um, what's how are you getting through this? You know, this malaise of coronavirus versus not having a race to train for in the near future. What's keeping you going? Um, at this point, it's actually like training itself is more fun. <laughs> um, I actually, my work is about 45 minutes to 50 minutes away. If it's snowing, it could be about an hour and 10 sometimes. Uh, so like it's out and back. So um, right now, I have so much more time on my hands. Um I can knock out a run during lunch. Um, I can knock out a workout during lunch like I did today. Yeah. It's, I feel like I'm back in college. It's fantastic. I'm actually really, like, I work in digital marketing. So, like, I, I'm so much more productive doing this. And I'm actually, like, more in control. And I, I spend the entire day rehab. Like, I, like, if I have some extra time, I pull out the hype, my, my, uh, our team captain let me use his hypervolt, so use nice. that the entire time. It actually reminds me of the uh, Call of Duty like 
like the little ray gun that's in that game. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I just do that the entire time, or like just, and that's actually healed a lot, like healed my Achilles injury. Um, as far as like training, um, I'm in a weird place in my in my career right now where it's um, so like my in, in undergrad, I was obsessed with it up until I got injured the year that our team made nationals. Um, and then from there, I kind of like kind of split away and try to find things outside of running. Um, I'm still, anytime I get online, I am still competitive. Uh, but even then, like once I got back into competitive running again, when I was in grad school, like it still went like my senior year up until grad school, still was running competitively, moved to Columbus, took a couple years off, just did pop runs and stuff. Um, but even then right now, it's like, I just enjoy running. I enjoy running healthy. Um, I can't say the same thing if I'm trying to chase a trial standard in a couple of years, I probably am going to get obsessed with right. this again. Uh, but at this point it's like, I'm running times that I, I remember running and like, it's getting close to what I was running in college and I'm running yeah. higher mileage and I'm running, to be honest, slower mileage than I was. I could probably count on one, like two hands, how many times that I ran under seven flats or ran over seven flats when I was in college, like grad school. Yeah. I got pulled up my logs there and I'm like, oh, that's stupid. But like now it's like, I'm fit. Awesome. Let's just keep adding up. I mean, the more and more you stack up to this, like at the end of the day, like my next build up, I'm going to be doing <clears throat> what Zach calls the big kahuna. And I really don't know what that is. He said, originally it was four, three, two, one. And he said, like, I'm going to give you the workout that I ran when I ran two seventeen. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And he's like, we'll figure out if we need to adjust for Boston or Chicago where we run. So this is all learning and having muscle memory for when we really, when this all matters. Yeah, that, that's so true. And like, I love the grind. I love marathon training because it teaches you so much about yourself, teaches so much about um, dedication. Um, you don't, no one wants to wake up at 4 a.m. to run at 5 a.m. No one wants to, you know, spend the wee hours of the night just grinding through workouts or you know, long runs or whatever it might be. Um, and you, it was funny because you, you were saying how, you know, you, how you're going to feel when you, if you're going to be chasing that, chasing that marathon trial time. Um, as soon as I finished that rock and roll marathon, I, I you know, at 109.32, I'm like, you're me, you mean if I want to qualify for the Olympics, I need to double these back to back in the marathon? <laughs> F that. <laughs> <laughs> That is, you know, I would easily want to go for the uh, the half time because I think I could knock that down a little bit. But the, going back to back on uh, with those mar- half marathons would be murder. Um, but yeah, man, it's tough. Like I work in uh, digital communications and stuff like that, so we're kind of peas in a pod a little bit, you know. Um, so at the same time, like it's tough for me because I love the gym, I love lifting, I love yeah. going to to work out. That you know, once the gym closed, I got it. I felt like I had too much time on my hands. I didn't know what to do. Um, so I added yoga back into my practice and thank God because I needed it. I've got way too inflexible. Um, I noticed my demeanor also changed. Like I got a little bit more irritable than I used to be. Um, but overall, I mean, it's just like, it's kind of strange, but one thing I love is how empty the roads are at times. Um, there are not a lot of people out there. Not in Columbus, man. There are a lot more people being, 
a lot of people are being fit now. Like there yeah. are a lot, of, a lot of people running. There are a lot yeah. of people out there at random times that you don't see before ever. Yeah. In Columbus, like we have the Olin Tandy Trail, which is like a 15 mile, like you can even probably, I could, I can knock out a 20 miler on that trail. And, uh, it's, everybody's walking. Everybody's walking on that trail. It's a really nice scenic trail. So like, it's pretty full. Um, a track is track. Thankfully was had a lot of people on it, but they knew how to take on lane one. Um, but it, it's more, I've never seen this many people. Um, I ran my 10 miles of my, uh, of my 20 mile long run. I passed by 340 people. Did you count them all? That's yeah, I was, it was the second half of it. And I was like running alone and I was like starting to lose it. Cause I'm now trying to negative split this longer. And I'm like, this is just going to get me going. And I've counted like right. 340 and like 42 dogs. And it was, it's, there's so many people out. Which is fantastic, and I love seeing that. Um, but also, like for us, like I'm thankful for for our crew. Um, so we have Columbus Track Club here. So we have about like five guys that I run with. Um, Josh came out to pace me out for a little bit. He's run a, a four or nine mile mile in college. Uh, he's, I mean, a multiple time All American. Uh, at Ashland, um, okay. Sam has qualified for the USA 50k or USA 15 uh, 15k. Um, he's running like 68, so he's our team captain. He's going to be running Chicago's as uh, as his debut, looking to run like 218, nice. 219. He's been grinding as crazy. Derek's run like 2440. Um, he and then uh, Braden's run 1430 in the 5k in college. He's probably more fit than he is when when he was then. He ran three. He ran an eight forty three indoor three k this year already. Oh, yes. Yeah. So like they're all within. And then um, Evans run like he ran, he ran like twenty six last year on a pretty bum bum hip. Um, and they're all within two miles of me. So it's like hey. We'll run up a mile and then we'll go and run together for a little bit and just keep training. And I have all these guys within me that are like pretty well, like pretty fast runners. And it's like, we're all out here trying to just keep going. Um, Cause we all want to try to run really well. Like we came, we're going to run Shamrock this week, uh, last weekend. And we're going to try to be, we're 14th last year. I didn't get a chance to run it cause I was injured. And we're trying to make, like, we want to make top five there. We want to make, to, like, we want to be one of the top teams. Like, we're a big team-oriented group. We, we're, like, yeah. they're my Same best. Same the power highlights, yeah. Yeah, we're, like, we're all best friends. So, like, having that is really nice to have. And even if we don't run it again with each other, it's like, hey, we're all, we all know we're out there. And it helps. What is it, um, like, you, you mentioned the whole team aspect of things and how, um, you know, one of the main focuses of that Rock and Roll Marathon series, um, elite distance project that we were part of in Marlboro One this past uh, February, was the fact that they wanted to show how important it is to, to be a part of a team, mm-hmm. how important running clubs are and track clubs are to the harsh of the scene. Um, and it was amazing to kind of race with these guys, again, have that collegiate feel. Um, you know, we finished... 
third overall out of four teams. And it was pretty fun, though, like mm-hmm. to see the different jerseys in front of you. You want to go get them. But overall, it's the time that you spend with those people that make them your family again. You know, have you found that, you know, I guess we can kind of wrap up with this, that have you found that people in your track club have become your family, that you can find yourself kind of really holding each other accountable for things? Oh, they're absolutely my best friends now. Um, at this point, we flew out to Montana last October, the week before the marathon, uh, before Columbus, to go see Sam get married. And um, they are my best friends. Um, at the end of it it's, it, it's the most fun I've had running in college since my undergrad. I loved running in grad school. A lot of that was my own uh, my own personal like goals running in grad school, uh, as well as trying to make the national meet there and try and do as much as I could for that program. But as far as like a team team aspect and cross country wise, I hadn't had that since like twenty since like my junior year in college, junior even probably maybe even my sophomore year in college, where we're just a family and we just go for it. Like even right now, um, I know that like all of us can just contact the group chat and say hey. Like, I need a slow boys today. Who wants to come out? And I'm like, all right, let's get a slow boys in. And, or like, hey, I need a long run and let's go do it. Or even Josh is like, hey, and Josh is retired. He's not running anymore. He's not running competitively anymore. Uh, and he was willing to take me through, uh, take me through in like, <laughs> take me through a 448's pace for a little bit of that. <laughs> and he didn't need to do that. I mean, he has a full-time job. He's my agent. He's like, I'm still going to go after it. And like, I'm still going to help you out. And it's really, really cool. And it's really appreciated. But also it's, I mean, it's nice to know that you have people there that know it, that have been there. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really nice, I, I enjoy it. And um, I really would recommend it for anybody and find your group, find what you can do. And, uh, I wouldn't be running competitively again. I don't think I would even have an idea of running, trying to make the trials had it not been for this group. Yeah, I don't think I would have had a, a better understanding of how to train for a marathon if it wasn't for these people. I mean, I pretty much trained myself for that uh, for that first marathon, but then I, I was with these guys, and you know, we have a coach who actually helped me back from my injury. But no, no, yeah, my. Um, my, my coach, um, my coach trained me back through my injury and he was able to kind of get us, get us in, um, I'm trying to regain my thoughts now. Yeah. Um, no, so like when I joined, I didn't really know how to train for a marathon and I didn't really follow the training plan. I would just go out and run 16, 18, 20, did 120, did some marathon pace work here and there and just got out and just pretty much ran on pure guts, like pre used to say. Yeah. Um, but once I joined that track club, um, we decided to go out and run the Huntsville Marathon, uh, the Rocket City Marathon together. And we had at least 10 people and we had a training plan. So we had long runs together. We had, um, you know, workouts together and we were all just grinding out there, making it happen. And it was just such a fun time. And it really kind of opened my eyes to what marathon training truly was. Um, and then I hired that coach on after I got injured uh, to come back off my hamstring injury and he helped me 
work back and got me healthy again, got me confident again. That was the mm-hmm. biggest thing. My confidence was shot after I after I tweaked my hamstring real bad, just because I was like, I don't want to push through it. I'm scared. I don't want to have that happen again. You know, running is everything for me. Yeah. And when I when that happened, I just couldn't. Cross training, you know this. Cross training sucks. Like if you're a runner, you want to run. You don't want to be on the bike. You don't want to be on the elliptical. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so uh, he got my confidence back. I was able to race again. Uh, I think I went one eleven forty four in San Antonio. Those hills got me something brutal. Um, but yeah, no, it just felt good. And then I was actually, I was actually kind of training myself based off of old uh, training mm-hmm. methods that we've had since I joined the track club for Boston, and it went pretty well. Um, but at the same time, um, training for a marathon by yourself is tough. No one else is doing Boston. Um, last year we had a team go up there. Actually, we finished. Uh, fifth overall or fourth overall in the team competition. Yeah, that I saw a really power awesome. miler um, when I was actually racing, like toward the end of it. Was there anybody that was ahead of you, the power milers? Um, up in Boston. Yeah. Oh yeah, I finished uh, fourth in the team. So we had uh, three guys. We had Rich and Pat and um, God, I forget the other the third guy's name now. He he's, he lives in Atlanta. Did this all power miler when I was like, like I was racing with the power miler for a long time. Nice. Then you would probably would have been with a uh, Richard Pat, I think, because they were uh, up around that time that you would. Have yeah. Been. Um, but yeah, so like, like I said, it's uh, it's invaluable to have the experience and to have that idea of camaraderie, um, that that team aspect of things that kind of you you miss in college, but you kind of gain it back and kind of have a common goal. Um, to, to race together, but also to push each other because, you know, you iron sharpens iron, the rising tide lifts all ships. And that's another thing that I love about the Instagram running community is that you see, like I said earlier, you see someone want to do better, you see someone doing better, you want to do better. And then once you both do better, other people see it and they want to get better. It just keeps on going up and up and up. Yeah, and that's the same way for us in the Columbus community. There's so many people that are running really well. And like, there's two elite clubs in Columbus, or like three, I guess. Uh, there's three elite clubs in Columbus. You have like uh, us, uh, Columbus. You have Columbus Running Company's elite club that was been around for quite a while. It's probably one of the first clubs that was. That was actually the first club that was here. Uh, us, uh, Columbus Track Club is the newest one, and then you have Road Racers. They've been like killing it on the, uh, on some of the like some of the age group stuff and. It's great. It's really great to see everybody just going out and running faster. It makes your community look great. It makes it so that, like, hey, you need to get a good long run in. You got people to run with. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I really, like, I would say uh, it, it's been it's been a great community. This whole, like, social media thing is pretty awesome to see. Um, but, yeah, hey, uh, I think I got to sign off on my end. It's been really nice. Uh I would love to do this again. This actually was a really good time chatting. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of topics that we can keep talking time. about. We gotta we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. I yeah. think it was a invaluable as fun. It's my first time doing it. Um, you know, and thanks, thanks so much. And I, you know, go ahead and put it on your podcast, and we'll direct people there. Yeah, it'll be a great time. Absolutely. I think we accidentally cut off like ten minutes of it, so I gotta go and like segment out some stuff because uh, this sure. this fucking app only lets me do. Uh, 30 minutes at a time. So, um, oh, well, so, Instagram only allows you to do an hour at a time. Yeah. So, uh, for, for the, for the podcast sense of it, uh, where can they find you? Where can they hear about you? 
Um, you can find me on Instagram at Tyler underscore runs underscore lists. And that's pretty much my social media when it comes to me. Awesome. Man. And for me, it's beers and miles. Uh, thanks you guys for listening. Thanks you guys for watching. And uh, yeah, I need to head down to, uh, uh, to Louisiana again. I actually almost transferred out to LSU when I was in uh, undergrad. I ran out with my buddy, Brian Muto, who ran for LSU. I spent a week out there in 2012. I almost actually transferred out there. I ran in the, uh, like, in the boonies somewhere and didn't want a great long run out there. Also, you guys are tougher than a lot of us are because I've run a week out in the summer out there. It is one of the hard – like, I've run at altitude. I've run at 7,000 feet. It's harder running in, in humidity. It's, no, humidity is tough when you can cut it with a knife. I mean, I, I had a run recently. It was 98% humidity at 5 a.m. No one wants that. Nobody has time for that. It's the hardest running weather I've ever experienced. Yeah. You know, they say humidity is a poor man's altitude. I'd rather have altitude. So. I'll, t- I'll take altitude over humidity anytime. But, That's true. But, man, thank you so hey. much for joining me today. This was awesome. Hey, thank you, sir. See you later. All right, sir. Bye.